Everybody said praise the Lord. Thank you very much. Love you dearly. Glad to be here tonight. God has been doing great, great things. And I'm excited about what the Lord's going to do tonight. I feel a switch here halfway through church. And I'm going to follow the Holy Ghost. Acts chapter 16. We're going to read verses 16 through 24. And it's my honor to to even be near the Jordan family. Love them dearly. Love their boys. And they've got three great preachers on their hands. And that's a very big blessing to them and to this church. And I've said it before, but your pastor is a wonderful father. To see to see three uh, young men grow up and to be on fire the way they are, that's a, that's a real blessing from the Lord. And uh, I love him dearly and, and uh, love everybody here. Love all my Muncie crew here tonight. My goodness, the, the river rats are loose. And I give honor to uh, Brother Tapia and Brother Gentry and Brother Riley and all the men of God that are doing great things for the Lord. And just want to be a part of the end time revival. God is doing great, great things. Acts 16, 16. It came to pass as we went to prayer, certain damsel possessed with a spirit of divination met us, which brought her master's much gain by sooth, saying, The same followed Paul and us and cried, saying, These men are the servants of the Most High God, which show unto us the way of salvation. And this did she many days. But Paul, being grieved, turned and said to the Spirit, I command thee in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out the same hour. And when her master saw that the hope of their gains was gone, they caught Paul and Silas and drew them into the marketplace unto the rulers. Turn me back up back there, bro, in the monitor, please. Thank you. And brought them to the magistrate, saying, These men, being Jews, do exceedingly trouble our city and teach customs which are not lawful for us to receive, neither to observe, being Romans. And the multitude rose up together against them, and the magistrates rent off their clothes and commanded to beat them. And when they had laid many stripes upon them, they cast them into prison, charging the jailer to keep them safely, who, having received such a charge, thrust them into the inner prison and made their feet fast in the stalks. The next verse said, At midnight, Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. And the prisoners heard them, and suddenly there was a great earthquake. I want to preach tonight on the last night of the awakening, when hell goes too far. When hell goes too far. If you're ready for something to take over this place and baptize this house from front to back, 
with the glory of God. Would you lift your hands and would you lift your voice and would you absolutely yield to the Holy Ghost right now? Every person that's yielding to you, God, I pray that you would bless them and strengthen them and help them and heal them and deliver them. And every person that's resisting right now, that you would break down their walls and speak to them. Move in a mighty way, I pray, in the name of the Lord Jesus. Would you clap your hands to the Lord one more time? Would you get expectation in your spirit one more time? Hallelujah. High five your neighbor, tittle, let's roll. You may be seated. It's very interesting that the devil doesn't want you to know this, but I would say that in all these years traveling and dealing in spiritual warfare, that I have picked up on some, some things in the spirit world, and I would obviously uh, share them with you, and I have shared them with you several times, but one of the things that I have picked up on about your enemy, the nature of demonic forces, is that they, and this is going to sound shallow, but let me explain it, they are completely relentless. They, the thief cometh but to steal, kill, and destroy. Uh, they, they never stop. They never stop fighting. They never stop attacking. And whatever they're allowed to do, they do. If they're not allowed to do something, they threaten that they're going to do it. And then they do not do it, hoping that you just live in fear, paralyzed. But if they are allowed to do something, then they do it to you. If Satan's allowed to do this and this to Job, he does not show up and, and, do, and threaten something else. He knows what he's allowed to do, and so he goes after the attack and releases what he's allowed to do. Uh, some people will tell you, you should be dead by now. You should be dead right now. The devil should have killed you when he could have. If you're breathing right now, the devil never had access to kill you, period. Because if he had access to kill you, you would be in a grave right now. Because whatever the enemy is allowed to do, they do that. The biggest weakness of your adversary is that he does not know when to stop. Because they are not flesh, they are spirit. They never get tired. They never get exhausted. And whatever they're allowed to do, they just go at it over and over and over, hoping that you give up and you quit and you lose the fight. That is their biggest weakness, not stopping. Some of them should have left you alone when they had you down. Because when they had you down, they were convincing you that God was not able, that God was not there, that God did not care. But they couldn't do anything worse to you and so they kept yelling the same thing over and over and you eventually got back up on your feet and you said wait a minute if it was over I should not have survived that but because I did let me look you in the eye and let you know that I do serve a God that is able to do anything one of their biggest weaknesses is that they absolutely will not stop. Now, it doesn't sound like a weakness. It sounds like, well, how, how do we fight something like that? That is the greatest thing about hell that you need to know is that when they cannot, when they attack you, they cannot stop. It's their nature. They're trying to destroy. They're trying to destroy. But because they have limited access to what they can do to you, they can only go so far. They can do it over and over, but they can 
only goes so far. The second you get that revelation that the enemy, if he could make it worse, it would be worse right now because he cannot do it. I'm not going to sit back and wait and hope something good happens. I'm going to worship God now while the devil's punching me to let him know that it doesn't matter what you do to me. God is on my side. The dumbest thing Herod ever did after he killed James was arrest Peter. Because when he killed James, the whole church was scared to death. And so he thought, well, I'll just keep going. And he arrested the wrong preacher. Because the Bible said when he arrested Peter, the entire church prayed without ceasing. When they, when they attacked James, everybody was scared. But when they said, we're going to keep doing it, somebody in church said, enough is enough. If you're going to keep fighting, then I'm going to get on my face. And I know a God that can do exceeding abundantly above all I ask or think, so I'm going to fight back. And so... The enemy's nature is to fight, and whatever they're allowed to do, keep bringing it at you over and over and over. It's not a coincidence that you struggle with the same thing over and over and over. You get victory, and you wonder, why am I struggling with this thing? Uh, why does this certain thing keep attacking me? Because that's the only thing they're allowed to bring to you. We're not shouting, but if you could catch it, you'd shout. Because a lot of Pentecostals live in fear of this stuff that's never going to happen to them. But the devil paralyzes their worship and paralyzes their breakthrough because they're worried about something that will never manifest. But if you can look the devil in the eye and say, why don't you just stop talking and do what you're going to say? He could not do what he's saying he would do. He does not have the authority to override your God and override the angels around your house. They should have, when Daniel knelt down and prayed, they should have taken him out of his house and banished him. But they said, let's make a spectacle of him. We're allowed to throw prayer warriors into lion's dens. So let's throw the prayer warrior into the lion's den. Bad move, devil. Never throw a Daniel into a lion's den. Never throw an intercessor into a pit of enemies because the intercessor will come out every single time. Never throw a prayer warrior in a, you know. Never throw somebody with a prayer life into a trap that you think they will not walk out of. Their prayer life is stronger than everything you think you surround with. There's something about a man or woman that knows how to pray that God will bring them through that fight. They say, let's throw them in the lion's den. Bad move, devil. Because when Daniel... Got in the lion's den. Remember, the devil did everything he could. He was allowed to throw him in the lion's den. You'd think that would work, except before Daniel got to the lion's den, he prayed on the way there. He had his windows open praying. So when Daniel got to the lion's den, there was one other guest there. 
and he didn't come from the palace, and he wasn't a soldier, and he wasn't Daniel's friend. He came straight from heaven, and the angel of the Lord shut the mouths of the lions. Why? Because when hell goes too far, God steps in in ways you've never seen him step in. When the devil says that you're going to defeat it, you're going to lose everything you have. You just keep hanging in there. You just keep praying. You just keep trusting God, because God has angels you cannot see, and they will visit you, and they will protect you, and they will guard you, and they will keep Never throw a Shadrach into a fiery furnace. They should have taken old Shad and said, we're going to throw you out of the city and no one's ever going to hear from you again because you won't bow down to our golden image. But instead, hell had access to a fiery furnace. So hell said, because we've got access to this, this will burn them alive. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, if you don't bow down, you're going into the fiery furnace. But they didn't know about Shadrach's angel that was going to be waiting in that fire. Someone needs to get the spirit of Shadrach upon them in this day and age, in this last day we need young men to stand up to the devil and say I will never bow down I will preach like you never heard anybody preach I will pray like no one's ever prayed I'll fast like oh I wish I had some witness I will do whatever I've got to do to handle the power of enemy coming against my soul and my spirit and my family never throw a Shadrach into a fiery furnace Never spear Jesus in the side. They just don't know when to stop. They got him on the cross. He's bleeding to death. But they think, let's go one step further and put a spear in Jesus' side. And when the blood came out, the church came out, and you came out of everything that hell could put you in, they just went too far. When they go too far, God steps in, and you see things you've never seen. So Paul's preaching, and this chick shows up, and she's possessed. Spirit of divination, that word means python. She's a choker. She's choking every, every time. She acted like she was praising him. Oh, this is a great man of God. He's so powerful. And the truth was she was grieving him. She was sent by a witch doctor or a sorcerer to, to, to soothe, say him. She was sent to grieve him to the point of absolute distraction. And pythons choke their prey to death. Every time the prey tries to breathe, it chokes that breath out. And it loses breath by breath by breath until ultimately the prey dies. And this is what divination means. And so she's operating in this spirit and she's absolutely sent by the devil and Paul had enough of it he rebuked the devil it came out of her the devil should have left right there should have said you know what uh I got my tail whipped, and I'm going to leave this preacher alone today but because they don't know how to stop they said let's arrest him Strip off his clothes. Beat the daylights out of him and Silas. They whipped them over and over and over. They bound their hands and they bound their feet. And they took him to a dungeon beneath the prison yard in the ground, a hole in the ground. And they buried them alive. And they said, that's what we'll do to you. You want to have your power in God? We will take you. We have access to a dungeon. And we have access to whips. And we have access to absolutely humiliating you. And we're going to do it because anything a devil can do to you he will do and they threw them 
in the dungeon. Bad move, devil. Because at midnight, when Paul's back was beaten and his legs were beaten, his arms were probably beaten, and his hands were bound, his feet were bound, the devil forgot to do one thing. He forgot to bind his mouth. Oh, I feel like preaching now. And when the devil does everything to you, but you can still get your mouth open and praise God, it's about to rain fire in that room. Anytime somebody who's been to hell and back, but on a Sunday night, they're not going to sit there like a statue. They might be hurting physically. They might be hurting emotionally. They might be suffering mentally. But on Sunday night, never let it be said that I sat there with my arms folded in the presence of a God who can do anything. No, some needs to get their praise out and their worship and tell the devil when you go too far I'm going to pray like I've never prayed and God will shake me like he's never shaken me before I feel like I'm in the room with some people that the devil's taking some shots at you, but you survived that shot, and here you are. You can just say, well, I'm glad God brought me through, or you can shout, I'm glad God brought me through. You can just whisper your testimony, or you can dance your testimony. You can tell your neighbor, or you can tell the whole world from the mountaintop that God made a way out of no way, and God brought me through, and God delivered me. Somebody shout hallelujah. You know what the will of God is tonight? It's for everybody to get a breakthrough. I mean the ones that haven't broken through. I mean the ones that sit in the back and never come forward to get a breakthrough. I'm talking to everybody in here. There needs to be something because if you keep watching moves of God go by, the devil's still going to keep fighting you. Whatever he's allowed to do, he's going to do it to you. But it drives him crazy when he's allowed to attack you. But yet you stagger your way in on a Sunday night. You don't come to watch me. If you came for a show, get out of here right now. In the name of Jesus, I am not here to entertain you. I am anointed by God to release a breakthrough in this house that causes the sick to be healed, the lame to walk. We need that kind of apostolic anointing that releases power when the devil fights us. God, do something supernatural. Move in our midst, I pray. Oh, clap your hands, all ye people. And shout unto God with a voice of triumph. I'm just about done. You can stay standing. I was in a little bit of a rut a few months ago. I was preaching some places. and It's going through a real dark valley. I was getting attacked by lots of people. Can you believe that? And um, 
it was taking effect on my health and everything. And uh, I had never wrestled with this level. I wrestled with a lot of things in the spirit world. Some of you wouldn't even believe it, but then again, some of you don't pray. Demons don't mess with people that don't pray. They already have you. Someone's like, oh, I don't pray. I hope I don't see a demon tonight. Don't worry, you won't. Because they don't want someone that's not spiritual getting spiritual. They don't want a non-prayer warrior scared to death and get on their knees and pray. So they just let you be carnal all your life and go to hell. It's quiet, but it's all right. But if you show a little bit of hunger. So I was in this little valley or what do you want to call it? It felt like a dungeon is what it felt like for about six months. I'd go to the pulpit and I'd preach. And I had honest, just to be honest, I was... I wasn't feeling anything. People were getting the Holy Ghost. There was masses. Of, we had service where 200 people got the Holy Ghost. We had a service where 129 kids got the Holy Ghost. A service where 111 people spoke in tongues, but I didn't feel anything. I would leave that service, walk out in the parking lot, pray somebody through in the parking lot, walk to my car and feel nothing. Except voices attacking. And uh, overwhelming depression and discouragement and all these things, and and um, so I was uh, preaching in Ohio last month, or well, yeah, beginning of last month, beginning of January, and preached the revival, and God moved, God did great things, and I, I went back to the hotel with my wife and kids, and I got our stuff ready, went to the airport, and we got on the plane, and the whole week of the revival something started talking to me. And he said, I'm going to kill you and your family. I've wrestled with that long enough to know that he's lying. But it was a different voice. He was very strong and um, kept talking. And I just went, I didn't tell my wife to tell anybody. I said, okay, well, then do it then. Now, you would say that, would you? I believe if you do, God will raise me from the dead. And he kept threatening, getting louder and louder. And so we got to the airport. We got on the plane. And we are 30,000 feet in the air. And my wife is next to the, is in the window seat and holding one baby asleep. And I'm holding the other baby across my lap here. He's trying to sleep. And everybody on the opposite side of the plane starts screaming at the top of their lungs. I mean, death-curdling scream. And at 30,000 feet, an American Airlines jet crossed us and went right underneath us. Should have been dead like that. And when it did, without control, because I felt an angel of the Lord grab me from behind, I began to wail and speak in tongues as I felt the presence of God. And he said to me, they tried, but they didn't have authority to do what they said. And I said, in other words, God, they went too far. Because when they did that, I'm telling you, I've had pastors call me and encourage me, and it didn't work. I've had friends call me and encourage me, nothing. But when that attack came at me, 
something snapped in me. And I said, if you're going to do that, then I will preach for the rest of my life every message like it's my last chance to preach to anybody in the room. I will pray for people with everything that I have. In the last month, we've seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, cancer fall off. I've made up my mind. When they go too far, I'm about to step out like I've never stepped out. Can I ask someone in the room, is there anybody else ready to get out of the boat in your storm and say, let's go. If we're going to die, let me die walking on water. If we're going to die, let me die stepping toward God. If I'm going to go down. Let me go down preaching with fire. And the power of God can do anything. You've yet to see the greatest move of God that's happening in your future. All you have to do is make up your mind. I will be relentless like the enemy is. If they're going to fight me, I'm going to pray like I've never prayed. I'm going to fast like I've never fasted. I'm going to live for God this year like I've never lived for God. I'm going to pray. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to give everything I have. Whatever I've got to do, I'm all in. Someone lift up your hands and lift up your voice and pray in the spirit right now. Hallelujah. 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 Here's what I'm going to ask everyone to do. Everyone that goes to this church, if you're a guest, I'm, you do what you want. But if you go to this church, I'm asking you to step forward and come up here if you're physically able. From the, from, from the sound booth to up here, every person that goes to this church, would you step out and come up here, please? Yes, sir. If you come as close as you can. If you only get in the aisle, get in the aisle, but get as close as you can. Sometimes just taking a few steps toward God drives your enemies back so quickly because they realize I've had you pinned, I've had you paralyzed, I've had you broken. And yet on Sunday night, you are still reaching for the hem of his garment. I can't do anything else. If I had access to do it, I would do it. And he can't do it to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And if you're against anything going on in here, you're, you're absolutely dismissed. Please leave in the name of the Lord. Because what's about to take place is a bomb going off in the Holy Ghost where everybody that wants more of God gets more of God. And if you don't want it, I suggest you leave before it gets on you in judgment and God removes you in a way you don't want to be removed. Would you raise your hands by the authority of the Word of God and by the power of the name of Jesus? 
Jesus. Release hunger in the spirit like never before. Let there be a desperation. Let there be a cry. Let there be a breakthrough. Let someone go after God like they've never gone after God. Let somebody shout like they've never shouted. Let somebody pray like they've never prayed. Let somebody reach for God like they've never reached for God. Would you raise your voice and shout hallelujah 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 If you want to be used of God, raise your hands. If you want to be used of God, raise your hands. In the name of Jesus, I pray open doors. I pray favor. I pray supernatural anointing. I impart the gift of faith right now to whoever desires it. I impart the spirit of fasting. Whoever desires it, intercessory prayer. Whoever desires it, walk in the spirit. Everybody praying, everybody praying, nobody watching, nobody watching, everybody praying, everybody calling on God, everybody calling on the name of Jesus. There is a sound of the abundance of rain. There is a sound of the abundance of rain. Who wants it? Who wants anointing? Who wants a ministry? Who wants to be used to God? Who wants to lay hands on the sick and see them recover? Who wants to cast out devils? Who wants to see the power of God on their mind, on their body, on their spirit like they've never seen? Who wants to be used of God? Who wants to be used of God? Where's the next Billy Cole? Where's the next Nona Freeman? Where's the next T.W. Barnes? Where are the next powerhouses that have a prayer life? Where are they? Would you step out and be used of God? Would you walk toward God like you've never walked toward God? What lady in here? is about to become the greatest intercessor this church has ever known. What lady in here is about to have a prayer life that rocks demons in her neighborhood and in this city and in this county? If that is you, would you raise your hands and would you cry out to God for a deeper prayer life right now? Let intercessory prayer fall on you. Let you pray like you've never prayed. Take my tie off. Hallelujah. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't care. I'm going to say it's my last night here. I'm sick of the deadheads. Give me around someone that wants it. Give me around someone that wants a move of God. Give me around someone that wants to pray. Give me around someone that wants a touch of God. You're not a nobody. If you've got the Holy Ghost, do something with it. Troublemaker. Where's the next apostle? Where's the next prophet? Where's the next prophetess? Where's the next missionary? Where's the next preacher's wife? Where's the next evangelist? Where's the next pastor? Where's the next teacher? Where's the next Sunday school teacher? Where are you? Hell can't stop you. I know a few things work, and that is brokenness and hunger. I know that brokenness and hunger for God is what's blessed me more than anything because I see all my flaws and failures and mistakes. I want nothing from me to come upon you, but rather let me be a broken vessel for God to flow through so he can get a hold of you. Is there someone God can get a grip on right now and order the rest of your life? Is there someone that God can get a grip on you and order every conversation Order every message you preach. Order everywhere you go.